da, 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 da. I was like, oh, I should look up Old Lang Syne, and then I just did. This is gonna be the bit the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I just, I'm just asking. Like, what's Old Lang Syne? <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna get tired of it. Um, welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm very excited today. We have. Wendy Shoeff back. She's back. Um, She's great. She came originally to talk about the biological aspect of orgasm, squirting, um, our neurological responses, and how to orgasm, especially females, uh, which was great. Mm -hmm. And this time, uh, we are talking all about sex parties galore. This is Sex Parties Part 2. She's been at the last two that I've been to. And also frequents a a bunch of others. But we also talk about being a professional sub, which is super cool. We've never had a professional sub here um, who worked at a dungeon. And um, just in general, she's delightful. Uh, Yeah. I like I think it's interesting because a lot of people that I talk to, especially on this journey, are similar to me where they got out of a relationship. Hers was a marriage um, with kids. But that like sort of spawned or or you know before even the relationship ended like there was a desire for more or to explore more um and so it's cool it's like a it's like a nice communal thing (laughs) she's uh she's great she's got such like a a fun energy about her you can see why like she just needed more out of things because everyone i think seems to like her when they run into her yeah and she's such a connector too like everyone that i've met at like the sex parties like know her and love her and she like uh just (laughs) what did she say she's like a fantasy fulfiller which she really is like she's divine so uh please enjoy i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me so let's go. Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm so excited today. We have Wendy Shoeff back for um, part two, but also we're going to talk part two about sex parties, sexual awakenings, etc. She is an orgasm coach, um, and we're so thankful to have you here. I'm so excited to be here yeah. and talking about my favorite subject. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's, it's funny because now I've seen you at two sex parties, and... Um, I don't know why I didn't... Im- no, I knew that you would be at both of them. And it's always, like, such a nice... It's nice to see people that, like, familiar faces, you know? You're like, oh, you're safe. <laughs> you're friendly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's, like... E- even me, who's been to quite a few at this point in time in my life, um, I still love when I walk in a room, I'm like, oh, yay, I know people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a little, like, extra party. Like, you, you know, like, just... it's I don't know. It's like a home base. Like, even... Mm going to like the pre-parties that we've gone to and like seeing familiar faces and not necessarily even talking to them but being like when you get there like I know you apart from this for like a second and you're like I can just talk to you (laughs) because you're here um cool well I I'm so interested in your story um especially because it's sort of similar to mine in the sense of like it comes out of ending a relationship and then experiences experiencing this sort of sexual awakening so I'd love to sort of go to that moment when um when when this started or where when you became like interested that there was I don't know if that was a question of is there more and that was sort of the impetus to sort of get this ball rolling okay so as many people like it's not 100% like a sure. a certain moment it was definitely a linear or like cross linear progression um 
to back up, really, when I was younger, in my early 20s, I found myself in a couple situations, a couple threesomes and and orgies and just random stuff. And this was before there was apps to find it. Uh, sure. <laughs> right? And <laughs> right. so like I don't before apps. Before yeah. apps. And yeah. so I don't like they just would find me. <laughs> right. Um but it was always involving alcohol and I still was not comfortable with my sexuality. And I always felt extremely guilty and kind of couldn't enjoy myself at all in those moments. And then the next day just beat myself up for like even participating. So fast forward till I meet my, I call him my husband because we're not officially divorced. So it feels like I'm lying if I say <laughs> ex-husband. So he was my husband. So husband. Yes. <laughs> so if I say that for the rest of the time, you know. I love what I mean. it. Um, anyways, when I met my husband, I, uh, we basically didn't end up really talking about sex. We actually had sex on the first night we met. Everyone who knows this knows the story. <laughs> I was It was his birthday party, and I always say I was his best birthday present ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I think I kind of fell in love with an anomaly because that wasn't his na- his natural state of being. Mm. And it actually had been a long time since he had had sex. And even though I knew this, I kind of always kept that first night that was like magical and amazing in my mind and as I developed feelings for him, you know, I, you know, I obviously I got to the point where I married him and all that. Um, but our sex dwindled over time. And I think it's because at the, the root of it, we were never really compatible. Mm. And um, so as the years progressed, I got pregnant and I had a miscarriage before both of my kids. And so when I had the miscarriage and then got pregnant with my oldest, he was scared to have sex with me, and I kind of was okay with that, at least at the for the first trimester. But then he didn't want to have sex with me at all through the marriage. And then you're not allowed to have sex for a while. And then I had a newborn, and sex just wasn't like on my sure. on my on my to do list. list. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let's start thinking about having a kid. And then I got pregnant. Pretty, I got had a mis got pregnant pretty quickly. Had a miscarriage. Had a, so there's time in between, like when those miscarriages, right. right? And then got pregnant again. And then, so I, ba- we basically had years of like no sex. And then, um, when the ki- and then my younger son ha- is disabled. And so, right. you know, you're not exactly thinking sexy thoughts when you're worried about like the long-term viability of your child, right? <laughs> you yeah, know? no, absolutely. Um, and then he, as I said, he just wasn't really sexually Like, he just doesn't have a high drive, like, whether it's stress or biological. I do think a lot of it's biological now that I (laughs) know so much more about everything. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I know what's going on here. Um, But we don't, never talked about it at the very beginning. Like, I, when we, you know, when you first start dating someone, you're like, oh, you know, what was your past like, right? Right. He just shut it down. He said he didn't want to know anything about my past. And so... I was never ever to, ever to tell him really about my threesomes, my other exploration, right, none of that like stuff. In, yeah. And then um, one time I dressed up for him, like to do like a little role play, and he just laughed. I realize now it's out of insecurity. Sure. But at the time, it feels so I was, personal. I was, I wasn't in my own element, so like I took it completely personal, yeah. and I shut down, and I was like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Um, you know, I'd have since then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyways, you know, so like sex just wasn't, you know, a priority in our life. And 
over time that just wears away. Like I always, if you've ever seen a bungee cord, um, I always feel like your, your morals and the way you bond is like that big, thick, um, rubber, rubber part that's in the center. And every time you have sex, it's like the strands that are on the outside that help strengthen that bond. And when you don't have, and you can have one or the other, right? Like you can have an amazing sex life, but you really don't have that core or you can have that core. And if you don't have an amazing sex life, it's still just going to weaken and fall apart. Yeah. Um, my ex and I had an amazing sex life to an extent, but I also think it's interesting because I feel like they, in my opinion, and what I, what I'm looking for, the connection that I'm interested in is like both supports each other because like a sexual connection without any kind of emotional groundedness or that like other component it makes it more difficult I feel like for me to enjoy the sexual part if I'm in a relationship which is like where I kind of got to was like okay well what where's the two meeting like I don't necessarily want to have sex in this relationship unless like the other stuff is working too because then my brain goes insane with all of the things that are yeah you know causing problems or whatever yeah we had the emotional connection part and like he's we actually co-parent and we actually lived together he did move out for a while like we separated about two and a half almost gosh it's it's gonna be almost three years now (laughs) um and he did move out for a while but because of my son with the special needs it is just a lot easier if he moved back in and so we actually co-parent and he sleeps in the other room and I you know like we get along oh, really amazing. well we still don't ever talk about sex sure. <laughs> which feels bad no, I, I feel know. like that <laughs> for the most part things are exactly the same except we sleep <laughs> in different beds <laughs> um so I I'd love to talk about that choice because I think um my perception of how we present relationships and family structures, particularly in this country, because we do have a lot of affluence and, and ability um, here, like uh, to have like more of the perfect family of like two kids and mm-hmm. a fence. And that's the goal, right? That's the American dream. And so breaking that and deciding especially as the woman, as a mother, to embrace another side of yourself is a big decision. Yes. Um, and so I'd love to talk about that because it's powerful and it also, you don't see it a lot. Right. It was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a one, one moment decision. Sure. And it was kind of funny, like my best friend, I talked to her a lot about how I was, obviously I needed someone to talk to about how I was feeling. And I'll be like, okay, when the, when Max is out of high school, I'll separate. All right. When, when my older son gets to high school, we'll separate. Oh wait. Okay. Maybe when he gets to middle school, I can start to becoming this like, I'll be like, and then I, and then I realized one day I'm like, why am I waiting to live my life? Right. Because and then one of my, my one of my other best friends, she said, "What advice would you give your son if he was in your position?" And I just started crying because I didn't want him to be that unhappy. Yeah. And I realized, like, what am I teaching my kids by staying in a marriage where it's not it's not unaffectionate, but it was just like the same like hug, hug, quick kiss, you know, like it right. wasn't true affection. And so I'm basically teaching my kids to live a life that I've been living. And while it wasn't a miserable life, like, you know, we get along, obviously we like still co-parent and live together, right? Yeah. 
um, it just wasn't, it was just still lacking that deeper sexual connection. And I think it's so overlooked in our society because there's so much shame behind even wanting to have sex, especially as a female. Like it's okay for a guy to sleep with whoever he wants. And even mistresses are pretty much acceptable. Like, you know, people may go, oh, I can't believe they're cheating, but they don't go like, oh my God, he's an evil person. Right. Right? No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if a woman cheats, it's like she's a harlot, she's right. a whore, she's a How whatever. Could she do that to like, the family. Yeah, How could she leave? yeah, exactly. Where the guy is doing the same thing, he's doing it to his family. Yeah. But um, there's just a, such weight, I think, on women, and I definitely experienced that. I think that's why I stayed, you know, as long as I did um, without talking. You know, that I was really unhappy. I mean, I did tell him beforehand sure. and before we had that talk. But then um, when I was trying to make that decision. I have to admit that part of it was influenced because I still really being bisexual, like I didn't even embrace my bisexuality then. I just knew I wanted to have a threesome again. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) yeah. I want to be with a woman again. And because that door was closed with my my husband about even talking about it, I didn't know how to open that door. And honestly, like I did ask him about fantasies and stuff. And what about a threesome? He's like, no. You know, his favorite position was missionary, you know, like just like vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Like if vanilla is your jam and you've got someone else whose vanilla is their jam, it's amazing. Right. But when, when your, your color is rainbow, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like vanilla is a little bit hard for a rainbow flavor (laughs) girl, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I decided to go online and start talking to couples and see if this was actually what I wanted because breaking up the family is, it's big, right? You know, what, and I had other friends who were really unhappy with, you know, their husbands and they left them and they're like, this is so hard. I don't know if I did the, made the right decision, you know? And it's, it's all on, you know, sometimes I feel like it's so much, the family pulling it together is so much on the woman. right? Right. Yeah. And, even though you are a partnership, but it just, whether or not it is that way in reality, you know, you feel the pressure of like, if the family falls apart, it's the mom's fault. Right. So, um, I started talking to some couples and I, I realized like some are just not what I want at all, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I found like a few where I did, you know, I don't want to say like a connection, like, Oh my God, I like want to have a relationship, but just, yeah, like the like-mindedness, like having conversations. Like there was one particular couple who basically spurred my whole, like I have to go talk to my my husband about separating. And they both had been like married with kids and still felt trapped, even though like one did have sex regularly, the other one had sex kind of like I did, where it was like infrequent, but we all had that same feeling. And I realized it's because like if you do have these this part of you and you're just locking it away, like you, you feel unhappy, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, um, in particular, like with bisexuality, I think it's sometimes, and it's not bisexuality because you can be bisexual and want to be monogamous, but if you do not have that monogamous streak or that characteristic, right. It feel, you feel like you're fighting against yourself all the time to stay, you know, like at first, like with the new energy, you know, like the yeah, new yeah, relationship yeah. energy, you're like, oh yeah, my course. God, I love him so much. Oh my God, now we're getting married. I can plan the wedding. And then, oh no, my gosh, I'm having a kid. I can, you know, like you have all these 
like things, things to, to plan and you're not really paying yeah. attention to your relationship. And, um, and because of that, you don't realize how unhappy you are, yeah. I think is what, in my opinion, I think that's what happens yeah. a lot, you know? Yeah. So then, okay, you meet this couple yeah. um, and then end up separating and then end up meeting with them. Yes. In person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, what were the next steps? Because I, for me, it was a pretty slow burn because I didn't know I actually didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know that I was interested in any of the things mostly <laughs> that I've done because a lot of because I didn't even know they existed, which was like a big part of this podcast was like, oh, 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 my. Yeah. Like there's just a whole world that nobody I, I didn't ask and I didn't hear about. Right. And so you had some kind of knowledge. So I'm curious, like what like I don't know what were like the lessons or like where have you come to it now because I feel like my brain has been so blown right <laughs> consistently and over and over and over again just with like and even new experiences and 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 stepping into that new part of myself of like owning this is what I want this is what I like yeah. or don't like or I don't know I'm gonna find out you know yeah um so I found the couple on Craigslist. This was before it was shut down. <laughs> it was shut I, down? The the couple, like the, the ad, the personal ad part. Was it shut down? I think so, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's right. I remember hearing about that. But yeah. I feel like about that's about right. Yeah. Those were fun to read. Yeah. I remember that. Or like Miss Connection. Is that still there? I don't know. All right. We'll verify. But that was <laughs> one of my favorite things to read. Like, blue shirt on the subway. I saw you at 10 a.m. <laughs> If you're reading this. <laughs> I tried to do that once to find this guy that I met at the Venezuela on July 3rd. I forget what year it was. <laughs> but I, I tried really so hard. Funny. I really tried really hard to if figure out. If you're out there and happen to be listening to this. Do you remember like hooking up with a girl named Wendy at the Venezuela? <laughs> actually, no, I think it was actually 4th of July. Um, so <laughs> it was like a very memorable experience because you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um yeah, I basically what gave him a hand job underneath the table with other people around until he and he ended up like coming and then I was like, what do I do with all the covers looking at each <laughs> other and everyone's around? Like no one knows what we were doing. That's amazing. It looks like misconnections still exists and has become the personal section. Ah, so people are just low key amazing. putting all their stuff there. So, but um, now you know. Yeah. So I did meet this couple on the Craig from Craigslist, and they are so responsible for so much of like my life path um I was recently texting with the guy they they have since split up because he moved away but I I was like you don't understand how impactful you were in my life you he's like but we weren't together that I'm like you don't understand and then he finally put it in a word he's like I might have just been the catalyst I'm like yes you were the catalyst totally. of this like whole my friend Taylor was the catalyst yeah. she gets all that credit yeah um so he was the first guy who ever made me squirt Okay. And I didn't even know what squirting was. And yeah. so I'm I'm here, I'm late, I'm with a couple and we're playing around. And she says something about squirting. I'm like, what is that? I've heard that before. <laughs> you know, like, and then she's like, you've never squirted? I'm like, no. And she's like, all right, honey, make her squirt. <laughs> and so he did. And I was like, what? 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 What did my body just do? Right. Yeah. And um, me being the research junkie that I am, like, had to go find out exactly <laughs> what happen right and that's actually kind of how I became like really proficient in orgasms because I, I was like okay <laughs> what is the squirting thing are there other kinds of orgasms that I'm missing out on since and then 
through the process of like learning about squirting, I learned about all the different other orgasms, wanted to see if I could recreate them either with me doing them on another girl or could I instruct another guy to do it for me, right? Like, like sure. honestly, for self-pleasure, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if I can get really good at guiding a guy to do exactly what I want, this is awesome. Yeah. So because I've done, I had done that enough times with people who had never done it, then it was like, oh, I can, yeah, I can tell you how to do it for someone else, sure. right? Even though it's not, I'm not there feeling anything, right? Yeah. So, um, long story short. So anyways, he was the one who told me about field. He, you know, he was the one who taught, like, was like, oh my God, do you know about sex parties? What? There's actual sex parties? And so he was the, like, completely the catalyst. What was your first sex party experience? Uh, that's still one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think because, like, I didn't know at all what it was, right? Sure. I had some, like, wild fan. So I, I did, I told, I remember I said, like, when I was younger, I did go to this one sex party, but it was, like, Oh, the orgy. It, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't like a sex party. It was just like basically drunk people getting together and going back to a hotel room and fucking, right? Sure. <laughs> Which is not the same as a sex party. No. So a sex party is like an organized event. It's like, hey, you know, like, remember like flyer parties, right? In high school, like where it kind of reminds me of a flyer party, except for everyone comes and has sex. <laughs> <laughs> or if they want to, right? Because right? it's not required. Right. Anyway, so it was at this really big mansion in Hollywood Hills. And... I think there was like about 60 or 70 people there. And so um, I had no idea what to expect. And so like the first like bit is like mingling and you get to know. Was there everybody. a theme? Like, did you no, it, was, it okay. wasn't a theme. And um, the, first, the theme of my first one was fire and ice. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was just sex party. <laughs> sex party theme. <laughs> and... Um, I remember there was like a, a couple guys that were really hot. And that couple that I had talked about, they were at that party. Oh, okay, cool. Um, although I didn't play with them because we had already decided that we weren't going to play together anymore just because the guy and I kind of bonded a little bit more than she was comfortable with at the time. And, you know, oh, got it. And so it was just better that we just didn't, you yeah. know, so which was all good. But we were still friends. And did still you go alone or did you go with a. So technically partner? one of my other friends was going, but she had a date. So I basically was alone. Wow. <laughs> That's also impressive. Yeah. So I went to my first sex party alone and I kind of prefer going alone, honestly. Sure. I mean, I don't mind going to the pre-parties like we talked about. Yeah. But anyway, so my first sex party. Um, so there was this guy that was like, oh, he's really hot. So we started like. Once the party kind of, you could tell the party's starting to go. They're like, the rooms opened up and people were going different places. We were in the, I wasn't ready to go into the bedroom, right? You know, because they were like experienced people who were just getting busy right away, right? And so he and I started making out in the living room, right? And then this other girl who was really hot came up and she like kind of joined us. And we're literally standing in the living room and completely, I got so absorbed in the situation. We ended up doing oral, like all kinds of stuff, like right in the center and when we stopped there was like 30 people like watching <laughs> us i was like oh my god i can't that was my first sex party experience it was like i can't believe i just did that in the middle of a room because Shut i did not did not like i still even think about it that makes me nervous <laughs> <laughs> like if you told me that's what was going to happen i'd be like no way right yeah of course um but that is what ended up happening and then because i kind of already did that then i was like I just was game for whatever else happened that sure, night. Sure. And I had my first multiple orgasm that night because this other guy was making me squirt 
over and over and over and over again. And then it triggered the multiple orgasm experience. And I literally just kept orgasming one right after the other, after the other. Whoa. He didn't even touch, wasn't even touching me anymore. And I was still just having an orgasm rolling over. And then I was like, like my entire body was like on, not fire, because fire makes it sound like hurtful, but it was like the most Electric. intense, like, I, I was laying there. I can't even describe it, but I was like, I swear, I think if you blow my nipple, I'm going to orgasm. And he did. And I freaking <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> and once again, I also had a crowd around me while he was doing that. So there was like six people like around me and it was just, it was just seriously insane. And then yeah. I was with a girl in the kitchen and made her squirt. And it was just, it was just fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was just fun. Did you go into the, that party with an intention? No, no. Was there, because I feel like I'm super cerebral, which it sounds like you are too, but every party that I go to, there's something I take away where I'm like, oh, (laughs) interesting. Like, like was being seen something new and like, did that unlock any, I don't know, sort of like revelations about yourself? Because my first experience being seen, that was really big in a way of like, I was very aware of it and I... It was a conscious choice that I made, but it was like, a, oh, I am doing something that I already is new and I feel like scared and exhilarated by. Then I'm allowing people to see me in my pleasure in like yeah. a super vulnerable state. And it was super empowering and scary, but also like really I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool to step into the sexuality in a completely new way. Yeah, actually there's a lot of things about what you just said. So I guess I did have an intention. My intention was to surrender to the experience, right? Like it, my, my intention was no intention, right? (laughs) Like to to just like go with the, literally go with the flow. And that's what I did. I literally went with like what, like I traveled around the house and like whatever made sense. Like I didn't, I didn't have an agenda. I didn't like, I'm gonna have sex with this many people or that or whatever. I just went with whatever felt really natural. And, um, then when you said about the being seen and I, I have had a lot of sexual abuse and I've been raped and different stuff in my life. So I definitely have a trust issue when it comes to men. Mm. And I found myself in the party environment being, feeling completely safe because there's so many people around. Like I knew no one's going to take advantage of me because all they have to do is say stop. And there's at least enough women around, even if the guys, although, you know, now knowing when I know the guys would be like, dude, stop. You know, like she said, stop. Sure. Because I literally had situations where since then where people have been like, uh-uh, you can't join. You haven't asked yet. You know what I mean? Like, because sure. people don't know etiquette if it's your first time. Like, it's not like there's a sex party manual. No. You know? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I, I think that when there's a conversation like at Kinky Salon, when there's yeah. a conversation that's like, what does consent look like? Yeah. That's my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. And this party did not have con- sure. the consent talk. This organization, it's more like people host par- ha- right. parties at their house. It's called social elite. So yeah. they, it's, it's, they're all very, very different because it's just who, who was ever hosting the party. Right. So it's not like an organization's throwing the event. It's just there's an organization where you can all register so you can you find people to come there. to your party. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and so there, yeah, the consent was a big thing that I learned later. <laughs> right. Sure. So like I didn't understand consent. So my first, like I didn't, I never felt taken advantage of at that first party at all. Like not even in the slightest. But 
in hindsight, there just wasn't consent talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't understand consent talk because I thought this is the way all sex parties are. Sure. I thought, you know, like, so I had an experience like a few, like a f maybe like my third party where I kind of, I think I, I not think, I know I definitely stepped over the lines with a, a female not understanding the boundaries of consent, yeah. right? And and then she got like really mad. And then I was like, why are you getting, like I got annoyed because she was getting mad at me. Like I was like, sure. Like, cause I just didn't understand. I'm like, we're at a sex party. Like why, like just say no, don't get mad. You know, like I didn't understand right. like they're, they're like, I just didn't understand it. But um, the other thing that I wanted to mention about the party being seen. So I felt really safe. And I swear that, that after that moment of the multiple orgasms, right. Or even during that, it was actually like it was during that is the first time I really ever breathed fully that I can remember. So I've always had like really shallow breath, you know, and even in yoga, like I, they're like, breathe until your pelvic floor. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't get, like, I can't get past my ribs. Right. You know? Right. Um, but in order to get to that multiple multi-orgasmic state, you really do have to be able to breathe correctly. Mm. And so I was actually, so I'm like, I learned how to breathe at a sex party. <laughs> Which is amazing. That is, I mean, it's really interesting. I talk about this all the time, but I do think most of us walk around as severed heads, like in this country, where we don't, we're not incorporating the body, what signals the body is giving us, our sexuality, our genitalia, like our life force. And so uh, that's been a similar experience for me as like, I feel like in, in daily life, exploring in this way exploring in sex parties individually with groups like it is just incorporating more of my entire body in a full body experience which i feel like drops the breath right like yeah. if you are breathing into your lower pelvis in fully into your diaphragm like that is just that's literally bringing life force into your body and into the entire part of you yes 100 percent. so um, you know this and maybe for the people listening, I have a summit coming up. And so we, yeah. so I actually do have like several people on who actually talk about the breath and like, I have someone who talks about how to use yoga and movement to release trauma. Oh, cool. And one of the things that's really key to that is like, you know, trauma is usually a lot of trauma, um, especially like grief and certain things it's held in your heart. And so that's where you get your shallow, your shallow breathing, right? Because mm -hmm. you've never really processed the trauma in your life. Yeah. And so once you start working on learning how to breathe all the way down to your pelvis, right, you kind of release trauma too. And you, um, the heart is connects your pelvic, your root, your sacral, right, that whole region up with your brain. And so like how you said, disconnected heads, right? Yeah. So the head and your pelvic region actually get, you know, connected right. through true breath, you yeah. know, and there's different ways to get it. You can get to a yoga or go to a sex party. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so as your journey continues, because you also, you do Shabari, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I do rope play. Like right. I, I guess it's Shabari cause I know some Shabari ties, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, cause I, I remember you seeing you do like a specific rope tie. Yeah. It was very, so, it was Shabari. Yeah. Right. So you do rope play. Yeah. So was that something that came about later? Like, have you always had? No. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't always know how to do rope play. So. When I was on this journey, I decided that I wanted to meet as many people doing as many different things because, you know, I couldn't 
I found myself like wanting to explore all the sexual, all the things related to sex, right? Yeah. And so I had a situation with a dom that I met and it was safe. Obviously I'm here and I'm safe, but there was a moment in the, in when we were together where I was like, this could go really wrong and I could get really hurt. And he'd been doing it for 20 years and, you know, was, you know, a great dom. And actually he was, it just was, he forgot something at that moment. And then I realized like, I just want to know what's safe. Right. And so I thought, I was like, well, what, what would be the best way to learn about BDSM and kink, you know, in a safe environment? And I went and worked at a dungeon. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I worked at a dungeon for a year. As a dom? As a sub. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Keep going. <laughs> this is something I'm deciding whether I want to do or not. And I, I'll i tell you about the experience I had at the last sex party, but now I'm like, it's probably something that I want to do. Yeah, so... I worked for the Dominion, which is the longest running dungeon in all of the United States. It's women owned and operated, and they have an amazing um, just atmosphere of supporting the women that work there. A lot of other dungeons support the clients. You know, the client's always right. Yeah. But at the Dominion, the the, the employee or, or the, we're all uh, independent contractors who are not employees, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the independent contractor is right, not the, the client. Sure. And so um, at the, I felt very supported there and felt very safe because I knew I could literally yell and someone would come running. And so um, it gave me an opportunity to explore. And I had, I had a few really like intense moments. Like one was I was tied up and um, that, that was when I was like, <gasps> I like this rope play, yeah. right? So I was like, this is amazing. So um, th- I I wanted to be able to ex- give that same experience to other people. And so I like to be tied up and I like to tie people up. <laughs> I think Do you identify as a switch? Yes, I'm okay. very much switch. Yeah, I'm, bi- my, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm bisexual in a switch. It's kind of not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides, yeah. Just um, have all the fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the kitchen sink, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you name it, I've probably done it and like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I had this moment where with this, um, the client had come in and I was tied up and I was in a really, like my hands were tied to my ankles and I was super vulnerable and he just like rubbed my back and was like, you're, you're such a good girl. And I literally like just felt years of like, I don't like pent up, like shame and guilt just kind of like fall off my body. And I, I had like started to cry, like tear up and I wasn't, this was still at the very beginning. So I didn't feel comfortable enough crying at that point. But like, I was literally like crying inside and it wasn't like necessarily tears of sadness. Right. Sure. It was just like this tears of like relief. relief. Yeah. And, um, it w- really made me aware of how important, um, BDSM and kink can actually be for someone. And it's not, it's not about the pain, right? The pain is just a mechanism if you're into that, right? So the pain is just a mechanism to help your your brain turn off so you can actually be present in your body. I love that. Nobody's actually defined it that way. Yeah. Totally. I have a question about, because we actually haven't ha- ever had a professional sub who worked at a, only dominatrix who mm. worked at a um, uh, dungeon. That's the word. And so people clients came in who wanted to be a dom yes and so then like did they have special requests then like was everything yeah yeah? sometimes yeah 
was everything sort of fleshed out before, like, as a, a BDSM relationship would sort of be of, like, these are my reds, these are my yellows, these are my, you know, not greens, I guess, yeah. but, like, this is, like, did you both have those conversations before? Yeah, before you, t- you unless it's, like, a standing client, like, after a while. But even with the standing clients, you still do an, it's called an interview. So you do an interview before. So, like, I had one one client who would come in pretty much every week to, he was the one who actually said good girl and I was like oh <laughs> um everyone actually hated him but I liked him you know like <laughs> like sure. he I know why they I know why they didn't like him he's he was very handsy you know but I kind of maybe it was because I'm a mom I kind of knew how to handle it <laughs> <laughs> sure. like honestly like I I could do it in a really nice subby way without <laughs> like offending him and he would like behave right yeah um but uh Anyways, we do the interview like beforehand. So, like, uh, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite like experiences. So there was this one guy who's like, um, "Would it be okay if I put nylons all over you?" And I'm like, "Okay, right?" Because I'm like, "I've never done that before." But like, right? He's like, "But like over your hands and your feet and your head." I'm like, "Well, like holes for, so I can breathe." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, of course." <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, "Okay, just making sure." And so he brought in nylon so like he had brought him in his bag so I went through his bag because we just want to make sure you know like we're safe right <laughs> you know because we don't know these people they're right. coming in and so his bag was good and so he had like nylons and medical gauze and he was uh, he was in the medical he was a doctor right and he'd always had this fascination of like see seeing someone completely tied up in gauze like <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> and like, like doing things yeah. right you know because he was a professional and even though he'd had these urges like you know, he's like, I, he would never cross those boundaries, yeah, right? Of but he'd always had that fantasy because he's like, oh my, you know, like whatever, one day it popped into his head. He's like, and then I saw a porn about it. So like, that, you know, <laughs> and I, wanted yeah. It, yeah. I mean, there was no, just so you guys know, like at a dungeon, there's no sex, right? So, and there might be at some dungeons and I know in some other countries there are, but um, at least here in LA, there is no sex. There's like, you keep your, your thongs on at all times. So there's no touching of the thong at all right mm. so like you can't touch on top of it you can't definitely can't touch underneath it <laughs> you know so it's it's um you know like breasts and legs and arms and backs and it's really about exploring the bdsm and the kinks and stuff but anyways it was so much fun so like first i did the nylon thing so i had nylons on my legs nylons on my arms yeah. nylon over my head and he just like rubbed and touched all <laughs> over me i was like this is awesome <laughs> sure yeah and then when did you, how did you figure out that you liked switching then? Because it's like a very different mode. Yeah, I, I kind of always knew I liked switching because even when I would, sometimes even when I'd be in the moment, right? And then like I'm getting untied or, or whatever, like I want to do it to them. <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. it was, I don't know, like I'd just be like, ooh, can I do this to you now? Like, can we, can we take turns? You yeah. know, <laughs> like that was always my like, I want to do both parts, right? Yeah. And so um, the cool thing about working at the dungeon with all the women, when we didn't have clients, I could be like, hey, can you figure, can you let, uh, and they actually encourage this, like they want, especially as a sub, it's really important that you know what you like and don't like, right? So I literally have had like every flogger, every paddle, every crop, you know, like all all of the things have been done to me, (laughs) right? You know, in order for me to know what I like and what I don't like. So that way, if a client comes in and says they want something, I'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm not that comfortable that there's another girl here that would love that, right? Um, 
because they're, you know, sometimes you just don't want to take a client, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because they're going to do something you don't want to do, you know? Sure. Did, how, do you still work there? No. I just worked there for a year. Um, the time, it was so funny. I said, like, oh, I'm going to work there for a year. And then I was like, but I think I, I want to go become a switch officially there. And so it was really, really, really torn. And then a job opportunity literally came up. And my last day was literally a year to the date. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Um, so you never got to be a dom? A switch the, there, no. no. Yeah, so at the Dominion, you have to be a, a sub for a year because they think, and it's a great policy because how do you know as a dom if you've never been a sub? Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially as a profession, right? Like, it's different if you're just playing around, yeah. right? But as a profession where, though, you know, people are coming in with some, you know, some very, you know, involved kinks and likes and dislikes, and you can do damage in, if you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. So did you explore, was this next job sex-related at all? No. Okay. I, I, no, I was doing a, a life goal planning for special needs families. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so super tangential. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I think it's interesting. I mean, what was your biggest takeaway from working there or, or being a professional sub? Um, I learned how to speak up, right? So one of the things about going to the sex parties and then also in working with the dungeon is learning how to speak up, knowing my boundaries. And I mean, in the kink, you know, in a, in a scene, like if you're doing a BDSM scene, like you, you're tied up, right? So you really need to know what is right and what is wrong. Like you have to be really listening to your body. What if the rope starts to, you know, dig in when it's not supposed to be digging in? Cause you know, the, as, as a person who ties, you know, you have methods to try to make sure that it's the right, you know, not too tight, not too loose. Right. right? But you don't know because it's not your body. Right. And so it's the sub's responsibility to speak up Mm -hmm. and to, you know, basically that's the interesting thing that I didn't realize the sub controls the scene. Like the Dom may be directing it, but the sub is the one that actually has all the power. Yeah. So the experience I had at the last sex party that we were at in Kinky Salon was that some, this lovely man, I don't even remember his name, but he had like some floggers and stuff. And so I was like, Oh yeah, I'm interested in playing. And we finished, and then he was like, do you do you want to vlog me? And I've never been asked that question. So even that question was like, I was like, uh, y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity. And um, there was like a big crowd that had sort of amassed too, because this is like the first time I've ever done anything like that. And I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Like, it is cool to have that kind of power, but then also be so focused and receptive on getting consent from the other person, making sure that the other person is having a good time, that this is like a mutual experience. And then like feeling that power of being like directing the scene in that way and having it's a different kind of control uh, you know versus power but um but that it was such a cool thing to be like oh there's something else I can step into here that I really haven't given myself permission to also I guess because nobody's like asked which like (laughs) I don't know people don't necessarily ask but I was like what a gift that he gave me to even have that question yeah it's funny that you said about ask because even 
even as, especially as a sub, right? Like I think sometimes people who have that very um, submissive side to them, they're scared to ask for what they want, yeah. right? And I love the the kink BDSM community because it gives you permission mm -hmm. to say, I want this, I like this. Like, you know, when I would, ha at the dungeon when people would come in and, you know, ask what I, like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. Cause some, you know, sometimes they're just like, they're too scared to go to a switch or a dom. Honestly, I feel like sometimes <laughs> they're really submissive, but they just, you know, like, I don't know if I could do that or they really want to embrace their dom side, but they haven't had practice. Um, they're like, what do you like? I'm like, well, I love to be tied up and, and touched. However that is like, I love floggers, you know, and partly I like floggers is because for the most part, especially if you have a softer one, even if someone doesn't know what they're doing, you're not going to get like hurt. Whereas like a crop, you can get hurt because right. you can get caned accidentally with a crop, which has happened to me. Um, but you know, like there's different, you know, things. So I'll, I'll be like, you know, tie me up and flog me. And if they don't know if they've never done rope, then I just use handcuffs. Right. Sure. So I still, they get that experience of completely dominating cause I can't go anywhere. I'm tied down and you know, and they have the flogger and they get that control yeah. and that power and they're like, Ooh, and, and I love it. Cause I don't know where they're going to hit me next, you know? And sure. it's such a, like every like moment you're like present, you're like, yeah, you what's happening? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so after the like working as a sub so then you've still been going to sex parties yes. <laughs> so what sort of what's that what are you looking for now or like what it, because for me it's sort of changed and it evolves every single time of like what am I looking for what why am I going to this what do I want to get out of this experience so I'm curious if that's sort of a similar thing for you or if it's just fun and you just go because it's fun um I think it's mostly I go because it's fun I've always loved going out with friends and, and going to clubs and going to parties and just, I, I've always been that girl, yeah. you know? And, um, I love the sex party because as, as, uh, disconnected as it may sound on the surface, it's really not right. So you're in order to even have those experiences. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been some times where I literally have, have had sex with people who I didn't know their name, but it was, it really flowed with the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for the most part, like you do really connect with people and you connect with people sometimes even more than you do at say like a regular party because you're being really honest because it's like sex is on the table. I feel like so many times conversations that just like a normal vanilla party stay safe Right? right. And you don't talk about certain subjects because you're staying safe. Right. Yeah. Whereas I've gotten into conversation about like anything and everything you can think of at a sex party. Right. Like from politics My to religion to like. Oh, yeah. Me too. Like, you Which know, I do in general anyways, but it's better in this context. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, anything. Right. Like you can. I mean, like all kinds of stuff. Right. Because there's nothing's off the table at yeah. a sex party. Right. So wherever the conversation goes is where it goes. So you could be talking about you know, religion, which leads into like virginity, which leads into, you know, like first experiences to like fantasies, right. You know, in the middle of like 15 minutes, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so I love that ability to like talk with, talk with people and then, you know, the connection and sex is fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I feel it's just interesting because like, man, I've been just like so cerebral, but I do like every time I walk into one of these where I ha I come out of it like I feel like I learn it's such a concentrated amount of time where my mind is blown in such a different way like I'm stimulated in so many different ways 
then I come out and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like so many life lessons were learned. Like the last party, I realized that I would like to be a switch potentially and explore that. And then I had a really big consent issue come up where I took, there's a lot that went involved in it, but I think a lot too was that I, I was drinking and I had smoked and I was like, oh, okay, this is not something that I want to do. I want to be very, very present. Yeah. And um, the choice to not be wasn't useful, mm-hmm. especially in that sense. But also that like you, c- I could take the, the environment for granted a little bit that right. like everybody is on the same page and not that these people weren't, but it got out of hand in a way that like I then felt like I couldn't exercise as much of my voice as I wanted oh, to, bummer. but yeah, which is a total bummer, but it was like, that's a really good learning thing for me of like, okay, I can have fun and this can be a safe space, but I also need to really create that and be very clear on very clear minded. Right. Mm-hmm. And also just like clear on what I want and like starting to step even more into my communication skills and my boundary lines and like what's good for me yeah. and what's not good for me, you know? Yeah. That, that that's what I was saying about the whole journey about learning how to speak up. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, I look back to that first sex party, like first off, as I said, there wasn't real, it wasn't really a consent informed party. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that I would have done everything if it had been a consent, if I had known consent. Sure. I'm glad it worked out that way because I learned how to breathe, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had that amazing experience. Um, but now that I understand, I definitely, I don't play with anybody that walks up to me, right? I play with people that I have a connection with. And there are some people that I love them as people and humans and love being in their presence and laugh. Sure. And we go to sex parties together, but we've never played, yeah, right? Because there just isn't that that connection right whereas at the beginning I would have been like okay right okay sure let's go do this you know and um now I think that's one of the advantages of even continuing to go is because you every time I go I practice speaking up for myself I practice establishing boundaries setting my boundaries keeping my boundaries sometimes breaking my boundaries (laughs) you know Yeah, yeah yeah um but always being able to like push myself and like grow as a human. Whereas like going to a party and talking safe conversations is fun, but you don't necessarily grow as a human. Totally. Which is funny because now that I do this podcast, I literally talk with sex with everybody. So anybody that comes into my bar, like (laughs) you get quite a handful if you're willing to like, let me get a little bit in because the second that I open that door, like, Everybody wants to fucking have this conversation, oh, right? Oh, for sure. So it's so fascinating. And I lo- and I do love sex parties and the kink community specifically because you're right. It is just people, I feel like, go in more open-hearted to, more available because they're looking to have an honest interaction that is, like, sexual and fraught and, like, like ignite something within them. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, sex is you know, so taboo, like, but it's not taboo. It's like, no. it's a natural human experience, yeah. right? Um, other animals too, right? Like it's, you know, other animals, I don't think they feel guilty if they have sex, right? <laughs> like totally. I've never seen a dog like hump another dog and then like, walk oh, away in shame so with his sad. head down. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 
Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. if anything, they're like standing proud and like, yeah, that was great. Where's the next one? You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that that was the biggest thing from the first sex party that I went to was witnessing like an orgy for the first time and being like shocked and then being overwhelmingly taken by oh wow we're all just like bodies rolling around trying to be touched and connected with and that's okay yeah and like that's normal and natural and it's not a thing that we have to have shame about or like put in this corner or this box that only exists at this one time you know right it can be present all of the times yeah and i think so many people who you know our society is so monogamous based right yeah you know and uh First off, it's like the shame on sex and then monogamy, like you're only supposed to have one partner. And then like the idea of a sex party, I think is just so terrifying to people. They're like, it is. <laughs> you know, like we, 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 we I'm, I'm supposed to connect with everybody there. And it's, it's not like that, yeah. you know, um, and, and you don't even have to go and have sex. It's right. interesting because Will, sorry not to cut yeah. you off, but I just think like we talked last time because on the sex party episode was Will was going to come. Right. And then we talked about like all the stuff leading up to it and sort of this expectation that did feel overwhelming and no shame or anything for not coming because that's totally a great choice. But I think a big thing is like you don't have to do anything. No. And the idea of going and not doing anything that you don't feel comfortable with and literally just watching, I also think is super empowering to be like, I'm able to stand here and just choose not to do anything because I just want to watch and that's okay. Yeah. I'm so my very first kinky salon party, I actually went with someone. Um, and I had sex with him (laughs) and a couple of other friends that were there because we kind of all went together and that's just what happened. But I don't remember if it was like second, third, fourth, fifth or whatever, but there were several other parties where I, I've never, I didn't have sex with anybody while I was there. I actually volunteer sometimes, you know? And oh, cool. so uh, that's why a lot of people at Kinky Salon know me because I volunteered. Gotcha. Right? And, um, so I, back at their old location, they used to have a roof and I used to be up on the roof a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so they, because they had to have a monitor up there and so I'd be the roof monitor had some fun experiences up there. I got a private lap dance, like all kinds of fun stuff happened up there. (laughs) Um, But anyways, you know, like sometimes it just doesn't, I don't feel it. Like sometimes they're, they're like friends that I love seeing, but I just not in the mood to have sex with. And even people that I've had sex with before, sometimes it's like, no, not feeling it tonight. So I don't. Right. And even some of the other sex parties, like I've been to parties where I've only given pleasure, but I hadn't received because I just wasn't, in the mood like I just didn't feel the connection to receive yeah and so that's my switch part right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and because being bisexual and I, I swear I want like every female to have like awesome orgasms so <laughs> yeah there was yeah I know there was one party where I had like three girls lined up on a bed with three guys behind them teaching <laughs> the guys like how to give the girls orgasms. <laughs> My favorite was one party that I was at, like, this was like two ago, like like a guy in the room, like it, we found out that he could make people squirt. And so he did it to me and then like, boom, boom, boom. But like within five minutes, like yeah. at least 10 women had squirted and it was remarkable. And right. I just like watched this man go around and his wife was like cheering him up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it, it's that, that same experience. I had, I've had a couple of friends who were great. Like I have one friend who um, we were like, hey, can you make two girls squirt at the same time? 
He's like, I don't know. Is it like me and my other friend laid down? Let's and he's like, let's it. try it. And he did. He made us right, but like right and left handed at the same time. That's impressive. <laughs> I know. We're yeah. like, Wait. but now he's like in a monogamous relationship and doesn't come to sex parties. Sure. So I miss seeing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good <laughs> party addition. Um, amazing. Well, what? So what? Where? Where do you want to go now? Or like now that you've been exploring for three years, right? Like what? I'm just curious of like what what does it look like in like this next phase or I don't know you know um a couple of the guys that know me when they talk see someone and they're a newbie they're like hey Wendy come over here (laughs) right because I I know there's so many bad experiences for people going to a sex party especially as I said sometimes the sex parties don't have that consent talk right so even if you've gone to say six sex parties, but if you've never been explained consent and you just watched other people doing things without consent, how do you know that you're not supposed to do that? Right. You know? And so, and everyone has different comfort levels of touch and you know, like those whole experiences. So one of the things I really do like doing is finding people who it is maybe like they're new, like their first or second, or, you know, they're pretty much newbies and kind of, guiding them through a good experience <laughs> Totally, because I just want, I don't want, I, it's my community too. Like I don't want there to be a bad rap about sex parties as well. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. that sounds silly, but no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I brought, I brought a couple of friends to like two ago and even this one. And I felt like a lot of weight of like, I would like to create an environment where you can have a good time. (laughs) And it took like a lot of my like codependent control issues to like let go more than that because for a while I was like, oh, just are you okay? You know, like let me follow you and make sure you're safe and whatever. But like I think that is really important to have people there who are like so committed to whatever experience you want, I want to foster it and I want you to have a good time, whatever that looks like. Yeah, my best friend always joked. She's like, you're a fantasy fulfiller. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. Because <laughs> I've done like... a good like, label. I've like, I've done things like with other couples and stuff, you know. Like I've had situations where like I, the, like I've done pegging situations where I literally did nothing except for come and peg the guy. Like no kissing, didn't make out with anybody, took pictures of them and left. Yeah. <laughs> and they awesome. continued on I was like we already talked about it. I'm like all right I'm gonna lock the door when I leave you know like, <laughs> so that way you guys and can keep in, enjoying your experience you. so like you know showed you know and then I've gone in and like showed a, a, a female how to peg their male and then left <laughs> <laughs> you're like that yeah the like uh, fantasy fairy yeah exactly <laughs> um and then I've had situations where like so, sometimes like the like, you know what a cut queen is and a cuckold? Do you know those? Cut queen. Uh, we just talked about this and now I don't know what the cut. Which one's the cuck? Cuckold is when it's the guy who likes to watch his right. uh, okay. female get fucked. And the cut queen is when she likes to l- watch the male fuck another Got it, person, got it. Right? Okay. So um, I've had several cut queens, you know, invite me in because they they know that I'm just there like because I want to be a fantasy fulfiller, right? Like, yeah. so it's not about like attachment to the guy or, sure, you know, like sure. they're not, they're just not threatened by yeah. me, you know? Um, I think in general, like I try not to be very threatening. <laughs> <You know>? Sure. <laughs> Which you are, they're lovely. Um, so I've, I like doing that part too. And, you know, and sometimes I do that in the middle of a party, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're amazing. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> um, where can people find you and where can people find the summit? Okay, so my uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way. It's owning your O. And I have a link right now to the summit, which is January 27th through February 1st. It's for women with an X. And we're going to be talking about sexual health, sex ed, trauma, relationships, and spicing up your sex life, right? It's free? It's free. Mm -hmm. So um, that website is owningyour.love. And if you go there, there's a registration link, and it's free. And you'll have seven days to watch all the interviews with all the amazing people. We cover things from, like, mindful masturbation and toys and hormones and plant medicine and all kinds of stuff that you maybe don't know where to start your research on. Amazing. Super exciting. Well, I'm going to tune in. Mm -hmm. um, Will? Uh, yeah, I was thinking, of, I'm sure there's some interesting <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dating. Um, well, I love you to death. Thank you for coming here. And thanks for doing a part two. Yes, it was my pleasure. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thanks, um, Wendy. Thank you. Check out our summit. I'm going to subscribe. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, so much content and so many interesting conversations that I think will lend itself to everybody's life. Mm -hmm. So please check it out. Um, and check us out oh, as I fall off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's how smooth I am. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Finding My Yum my podcast. Great is broken. No, it's great. You can email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com. Yes. Um, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Five stars would be great. Yes. Um, reach out if you uh, you see something in that summit that you think is interesting that you want to hear more about. Yes. Or, you know, or if you have ideas for uh, future guests, we'd love to talk to those people. Yes. If you want to be a guest, um, contact content that you want wow content that you want to hear um we're super open and receptive we're we're constantly funneling through all of our emails so keep them coming thanks everybody and you keep coming <laughs> boo <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>